How do you make business problems disappear? Wrap them in bacon. For business owners, marketing execs, and anyone trying to grow your business, pump your profits, and make more while doing less, welcome to Bacon Wrapped Business with Brad Costanzo. Sizzling hot business advice guaranteed to make you fat. Profits? Every week our chefs will serve you proven recipes for ramping up your revenue. Now here's your host, Brad Costanzo. All right, welcome back to Bacon Wrap Business. I am Brad Costanzo, really happy to have you. Hey, so if this is your first time listening to the show, uh, you're in for a treat because you're going to hear me uh, really sit down with guests that, a guest that I want to talk to about things that I want to talk about. And this is not like a typical uh, business podcast. Uh, if you're a longtime listener, you'll know that. I, I don't have a set agenda, but the people that I have on the show are people that I legitimately want to know something about. I'm very curious about what they're doing and how they're doing it, and I enjoy letting you eavesdrop on my conversations. If you want to ask me any questions afterwards, if you want to get in touch with the host, I'll provide you the contact information. But to ask me any questions or give me any inside advice, tell me what I missed. Tell me how much you love me or tell me how much you hate me. You can always reach me at askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com. Now, if you're listening to this on an iPhone, for instance, or an Android, you can subscribe. I know in the, uh, on the iPhone, you can just go to the podcast app and hit subscribe on Bacon Wrap Business, or you just go to baconwrapbusiness.com slash iTunes. It'll take you right there, because when you subscribe, you get all the episodes right uh, there in front of you. And then you can see all the various reviews we've got. A review came in recently from Greg Stett. And I'll just read this to you, because you know it makes me feel nice and warm and fuzzy. But he says... I don't listen to podcasts. In all honesty, I only ran across this show searching for something else. I listened to one episode, then another, and I went back and listened to them all, many more than once. There's pure magic here. You'll find interviews of truly accomplished individuals on a wide variety of topics, each expertly unfolding years of experience and insider secrets in a way that anyone can understand. I like this guy already. I often felt like a fly on the wall, amazed that I could even witness these conversations. At first, I wondered why these experts are letting it all hang out, but I didn't wonder for too long. The answer is Brad, me. I don't know Brad Costanzo, but I hope to someday know him. He's a fantastic host. Now, this is my favorite part of the review. Smart, funny, friendly, insightful, and self-effacing. My guests all seem to personally know and respect him, and if you listen to his accomplishments, you will too. Uh, I could go on and on, but um, this just makes me feel good. It probably doesn't do much for you. That being said, if you want to leave a review on iTunes, just go over to the iTunes app or go on the uh, iTunes uh, app on your you know, your, your phone or your desktop and leave me one. Maybe I'll read yours on the air. And once more, you can always reach me at askbrad at Bacon Wrap Business. Now, let's get into the heart of today's episode. So, I have got Luke Havard. Is it, hey Luke, you're there, right? I'm here. Is it, how do I pronounce your last name? Is it Havard or Havard? Havard. 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 Uh, he's British, so it's Havard. <laughs> so, Luke is the managing director of Decentis Group. He's a trusted advisor and an investor to small and medium-sized businesses and C-level leaders. He specializes in finding, facilitating, and executing high-level partnerships and joint venture deals, which is the kind of stuff that I just absolutely love and can talk about forever. His experience works is, is working with clients in North America, Canada, Asia, Australia, the Middle East, UK, and Europe. I have yet to see any companies he's working with in Antarctica, but I'm sure that's coming. He advises <laughs> local and central British government, C-level leaders, and the Fortune 500 companies. And he's on today to get his brain picked clean and just 
like the review said, let it all hang out. Luke, welcome to the show, my brother. Brad, thanks for having me. Awesome. So you, you've got a lot of things that I could talk about. We could make this like a six-hour conversation, but I kind of want to get into the heart of it because let me tell you what really got my attention when you emailed me and we were chatting and you said that some of the stuff that you're really good at. So you said that... Um, you know the topics of building a high level business relate high level business relationships and partnerships is the most effective way to learn collaborate and scale a business and that's uh, that's one as you know aspect which you know I've built my you know I built an entire business on strategic alliances and joint ventures and it's one of the most effective things that I do when I do help when I help my clients so I'm always looking for those high leverage points and then you also said with uh, Decentis global partners you help Businesses raise money via IPO, exit, or leveraging these relationships with private equity firms. And I have a couple questions on that too. So I don't have a super good agenda for this, but I do want to ask you to um, tell me a little bit more about yourself. I, I listened to a previous podcast and you said that, you know, you don't have, uh, you know, what would you do? You dropped out of college or Oh, man, I was, thrown, I was thrown out of school. Yeah. Um, Shall I, shall I kind of give you a, a brief overview of my history? Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, thrown out of school, uh, barely kind of scraped out with any qualifications. I went to college by the skin of my teeth, and I was luckily, lucky enough to kind of pass that just because I think the people at college sort of felt sorry for, for me and the rest of my classmates. In college, I uh, was introduced to these wonderful things called drugs <laughs> and, um, and, uh, and more alcohol. And I kind of, my life kind of just spiraled out of control. And so out of college, um, you know, I was, uh, you know, into the drug scene and then the football violence, which, you know, being British, as you mentioned earlier, uh, football violence is something that we do in England. Um, you know, it's not enough to go and watch a, a football game, which you guys call soccer. Yep. It's, um, you know, it's, it's even more uh, fun if you can have a full-on punch-up <laughs> with, uh, you know, the opposite um, supporters team. Of course. So, um, you know, what, what football hooligans would do is they'll meet and they'll uh, effectively kick the living daylights out of each other um, and they won't watch the football so I was kind of one of those guys I was involved in all that kind of scene and you know it was just a very colorful lifestyle that I was involved in um, really it was a mask to kind of hide the fact that I had very low self-esteem and didn't feel that I was worth very much in life and that I had much to offer and so you know, fast forward a couple of years um, into my 20s, I had to run away to Australia because things were getting pretty hot where I was. And um, so I was there living in Australia and, my, you know, I had nothing. I had no qualifications, no experience that I thought, you know, was really worth value. And, um, you know, I was pretty suicidal in life. And I had this uh, something I would call like an encounter. You know, I, I don't know what your listeners believe. I don't know what you believe. But all I can speak of is my experience. And I had this spiritual encounter. I had like an encounter with God. And um, okay, I thought you were gonna. That, say, I thought you were gonna say aliens. So no, <laughs> no, it wasn't the third type of encounter. No, it was uh, no. But equally is crazy for a lot of people, I believe. But you know, at the end of the day, I'm not some woo-woo guy. So I think yeah. a lot of people kind of take it off me. But anyhow, so I had this encounter, and I wasn't this woo-woo guy at that time either. So I wasn't kind of you know even focused on looking for things like that but you know i think sometimes in life things happen to you without you know you you know actually looking for it so i had this encounter and i i had this kind of experience and i kind of thought you know what i can either continue the way i'm going and i'm going to die um because i'm just abusing myself so badly or 
you know, maybe there's more for me in life. Maybe I, maybe I can be someone. Maybe I've got something to offer this world. And so what happened is that moment, I kind of just said, look, you know what, God, if you are real and this is real and I'm not just tripping out here, huh. then I'm going to give over my life to this experience and I'm going to trust that, you know, you've got my life in your hands. And, and from that day onwards, I, I was supposed to go to rehab and, uh, you know, try and have some help getting off the drugs and the drink. But I never touched drugs since. And that's been well over 10 years now. That's amazing. And um, I didn't drink for four years straight. You know, I have the occasional drink now. It's not something that controls me, though. It's something that I can That's choose and, and choose to stop or start. So I found myself there, Brad, in this experience where I had nothing really to offer, very little experience, very little self-confidence or self-esteem. And I, I had to figure out what is it I'm really good at? Like, what is it I can do that, you know, isn't something I have to really try it, but something is a natural skill of mine. And what I was really good at was just talking. It was, I was really good at connecting to people, making connections very quickly. You know, I was doing street uh, sales, basically, yeah. for um, some hostels and hotels there. And I could, I could, I mean, I was supposed to get like eight people a day. And I remember my record was, um, I came out up the steps, and then I think it was like nine o'clock. At five past nine, I clocked off and finished for the day because I'd got my eight people in five minutes. Um, and, you know, great. so I, I realized I was really good at connecting with people and you know, to be honest, if I look back at every single thing I've done since that point, it's always been around connecting to people. And, you know, and, and the better I've got at connecting to more high-level people, obviously, there's been um, real strategy involved in, in what I say and what I do and how I position myself. So that's a kind of a bit of a quick... Um, yeah, no, I love... I love it. I, I think that's an, an amazing story as well that you went through all of that and then you kind of found not only your way out of that kind of darkness that you were going through, but then you you realized early on one of your one of your unique abilities and then capitalized on it. And I think a lot of people, myself included, it, it took me a, a while before I capitalized on my unique abilities and when i when i wasn't when i was doing things that i really shouldn't be doing that were not in my you know my area of flow in my zone i just wasn't doing them really well and when i was you and i have a lot in common because i mean hell i've got a podcast obviously i'm good at talking and i love talking and i love building relationships people have referred to me as having this golden rolodex uh of folks and like man you you seem to know everybody and it doesn't really feel like that i just I forget that not everybody has as many great relationships and has the ability to connect. Like I, I sometimes take it for granted. Um, but that said, I love I love not only doing it, but I love the strategy behind doing it well and doing it in a way that is able to insert you into opportunities, like with big people, with with the, the ones who can help move mountains for you. And it sounds like. That's one of the areas you've been really effective at. So let's let's talk a little bit about that right now because that, that just brings up something, um, a couple of questions that are really cool. And then I want to get to more of the DeSantis stuff and some of the bigger work you're doing. So there's a, I've had this conversation a million times on here and with a lot of people about – um, you know how to how to build relationships, how to build rapport with people. And honestly, if you know my listeners listening to this and doesn't know the basics of building rapport, which is a give value first, don't be a completely self interested asshole, and you know act interested and curious about the person you're talking to. That's that's some basic one on one stuff. Yeah. What is the I like to you know the show is bacon rat <laughs> business. What are some strategies? Like what are some 
bacon wrap networking strategies, this stuff that just really, you know, what are, maybe give me some examples of some really high level connections you've made in the way you've done them as opposed to just, oh, I just stumbled across this person and chatted him up. For sure. I mean, one thing I want to just kind of say as a precursor to that is because there's a ton of people, we talked about this off air, there's a ton of people out there teaching, networking, and all this kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I really think they miss quite often, I haven't seen many people actually doing it, is they don't know how to position themselves to begin with. And I think this is something that I've learned the hard way of being, you know, I've had my fair share of doors slammed in my face. And so I think before I even, you know, discuss the certain strategies Mm -hmm. I would use, I think, you know, because those strategies will only work if the positioning is right to begin with. And, and so what I mean by that is, you know, for example, if, um, if someone is a, a fitness trainer, personal trainer, whatever you call them now, yeah. and they want to go and, you know, do a kind of partnership or connect with some kind of big um, online fitness platform and they want to promote their stuff or whatever, they, you know, if they go straight up and say, yeah, I'm a, I'm a personal trainer or whatever it is, PT. Mm-hmm. They'll, the, the, the platform will say who gives a monkeys there's, there's hundreds of thousands of you guys out there and you know the, you're all the same yeah so what so, so what so you know first and foremost it's positioning yourself as different so the first thing I've always done is say look you know because my background would be as, a, as an advisor or a coach some people would call it um, and, and now really as we would call ourselves as um, business builders or scalers yeah. um, investors but essentially, there's, all, there's loads of people out there calling themselves similar things. So what I always did is I looked at everyone else, and they were all saying, we're coaches or we're trainers. And I'd say, I'm a trusted advisor. And when I would go to somebody, um, you know, when, the person that I would want to work with. So one of my first clients that I connected with was on Twitter um, in my, in my um, sort of uh, coaching business, if you like, advisory business, consulting. And, um, you know, I positioned myself as a trusted advisor. Now, this guy that I connected to on Twitter was a senior director of global clinical research for one of the biggest pharmaceutical companies on the planet. Now, if I just gone in and said I'm a coach, he'd say, "So what? We we buy, you know, 100 of you guys in just to work with our team. So <laughs> what's the difference between you and any other person?" Well, I was a trusted advisor. I said, "Look, yeah, yeah, those guys are coaches. What I do is I'm your confidant. I'm the guy you go to when the shit hits the fan, buddy. And you don't want to go to those guys cuz they don't know you like I know you, and I'm going to be there and I'm going to give you, you know, strategy and concepts that they just don't understand. But by the way, I'm also going to tell you what you really need to hear, not what you want to hear. Is that okay? And he was like, "Dude, yes, let's talk." You know? Yeah, that, I think it's you put yourself kind of on their level. Like, listen, I'm not, I'm not sublimate. Uh, what is it? The uh, word? I'm, like, I'm not subjugating myself to you. I'm yes. a trusted advisor. I'm not. I'm not here to win your business. No, that's absolutely a not. Big absolutely not. So that's what, and, that, and by the way, that, that actually works really well into what I'm going to say now because, um, so yeah, having the right positioning, it, it, it sets you off on a whole different trajectory than just going in there and saying, look, here's what I do, some generic thing. Um, and so what happens, I had this, giving you one example, just one of uh, so many, like you of you. So there's a guy who sold his company recently for two and a half billion in the UK, um, probably one of the most successful e-commerce guys out there. And, uh, you know, so I connected to this guy on LinkedIn and then I thought, okay, how can I, you know, kind of deepen this relationship? Because he, he doesn't know me from Adam. So what I did is I thought, I looked at his kind of profile. He wears like um, Converse with a, like a kind of sports jacket and jeans, ripped jeans. He's not a kind of C-level sort of suited and booted type of guy. So I thought, you know, what? I can connect to this guy on a different level. But 
it's interesting. Of course, he's going to have a LinkedIn kind of account because everyone does. But where, where else would he be more personable? And I thought Facebook. So I went over to Facebook. Sure enough, he's there. I connect with him there and said, hey, you know, it's Luke from LinkedIn. Um, you know, I'd just love to kind of connect with you and, and what have you. And I said a few more things. And he, so he accepted my uh, request. And then very quickly, it was around Christmas time. I was like, hey, um, so-and-so, I uh, hope you're having a fantastic Christmas. I'm currently in Germany at the moment. You know, obviously he knows I'm from the UK. So I was already putting a bit of kind of interest out there. And I said, um, uh, you know, where are you, where are you at the moment? And he said, um, you know, I'm at home. And um, wait, so back up. I, so back up. So you had never connected with him before, and no. you went to you went to only Facebook. On link, uh, yeah, only on LinkedIn I connected with him, and then I thought, you know what? Say so he has one point of contact straight away. LinkedIn. Okay, then so you, you guys were connections, but yes. you weren't. You, you hadn't been chatting. No, and no, talking. no, no. We okay. weren't close. We didn't know each other from Adam. So okay. then I went to Facebook. Then I thought, you know what? Because I knew his profile. It was he was you know has in his own personal profile yeah. the way he comes across. I did some research on him. Basically, I, I dug deep. I found out a lot about him, and he really does kind of do the kind of dress down and yeah. and he's kind of a very uh, chilled out guy. So then I went to Facebook, made this intro, and but when you did the way. intro, that's where I was going to ask. Like, did you do this via a Facebook email or a, like you posted yeah. on his wall? <laughs> yeah, through, through. No, I wouldn't post. On yeah, okay, okay, cool. Through, yeah, no, no. Like, hey, no, I, I did it for a personal message, and he said, "Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I know you from LinkedIn." So I'd already. So that's really important. Have some point of contact so they don't think you're just some freak who's reaching out and and there's no kind of reference. There. And so do you, already, do you remember what you phrased that initial? <clears throat> That initial not, message not, as? not the not the initial one. Just um, hey, it's Luke. I'm you know we're connected on LinkedIn. Hope you don't mind me connecting you here. I'm I'm quite a down to earth guy as I'm sure as I know you are. Just prefer to kind of you know build relationship this way if I'm honest. And he's like, yeah, me too. Perfect. See so, that that's where I was going. So it's not it's yeah. not really it's not rocket science. It's just being <laughs> real. Yeah. Because what's weird is that so few people are real. Like they will go into a connection. They'll send you a six paragraph email as the introduction. Yeah. Like yeah. you're just like, Hey, I'm just, look, I'm just connecting over here. We're connected. Over. It's not, it's not rocket science. It's just being authentic and, and not an asshole. That's right. And by the way, that's my way of, of flushing out the, the a-holes yeah. because I don't want to be connected to anyone who's going to be like that anyway. So if you're not, you know, if you if you can't accept a down to earth, open and you know, open message like that, then I don't want to be friends with you anyway. I don't care how rich you are or how influential you are. Totally. And um, so, anyways, he accepted that, and I knew already. I had that sense. Yeah, he's that's the way he likes to communicate. That's the way he likes to roll. So then I said, "Hey, buddy, I hope you're well." You know, it was near Christmas Day, and he really responds on Christmas Day, by the way. And um, <laughs> said, "I hope you're having a fantastic Christmas. I hope you know the business is booming. Here's what I'm just doing. Just some very snippets." Um, and then he comes back. Yeah, great. Thanks. What are you What are you doing in Germany? Ah, so I've got a bit of rapport, a bit of dialogue. Yep. Then I said I did some research, and you've got to be careful with this one. Mm. Now my wife is from Colombia, South America. I knew his wife was from Brazil. I said, Hey, dude. So my wife's from Colombia. Your wife's from Brazil. Do you go to Brazil much? Open ended question. He goes, Yeah, we do. Yeah, we visit quite regularly. We had this. I knew straight away we have similarities. Yep. He understands what I understand now. I said, so how's your Spanish? And he's like, I'm on Bokito. And I'm like, yeah, me too. <laughs> and you know, we start having these little jokes about Latin, Latin America and some of the things. And then we go through a bit more dialogue. And it's like, what are you doing at the moment? I'm doing this. Da-da. Hey, would you mind? I said to him, look, I know you get this all the time, buddy. But um, I've got something pretty interesting. I'm not going to pitch you. It's an idea. I think you might enjoy it yourself. Can I, shall I send you an email? Is that okay? He's like, for sure. Just send it over. Because I already said I'm not going to pitch you, which is really key. Yep. Because he does angel investing and all the rest. Because pitch constantly. Everybody wants yeah. something. So I sent him this email. 
he loved it. He goes, dude, that's brilliant. Really like it. And he's given me insights now. He's given me free insights and value. And I'm like, listen, who do you, you know, I know these, uh, these people, X, Y, and Z, would it benefit you if I connected you to them? So I'm kind of reciprocating for his value add and we're going back and forth. So that's just one example. Now this guy has floated a company for two and a half billion dollars. He doesn't know me from Adam and that's only over a few interactions. So, and that's one of hundreds of connections like that that I've had. Um, you know, I, and I, oh, by the way, I've also done this with um, uh, Fortune 500 companies. Like I've had, I, I one day, I may, I may have shared this on another podcast. I'll give you a very quick, uh, yeah. brief sort of overview of this. I had an idea at like, I think, 9 o'clock in the morning. By 9.30, I was executing on the idea. And it would, it would involve um, collaborating with, um, you know, big sort of blue chip um, corporate companies. Are you, able to so, be, are, are you able to be more publicly more specific on what your general idea yeah, was? Y- yes, yes. I, so what it was is I was going to offer some, some training. And this is just another side project. I love doing lots of little things, you know, as you do too. So it was a, some training for, um, for graduates because at the end of the day, who cares if you've got a degree or even a master's degree now because so is everyone else. So what sets you apart? So I, I got some ideas on this sort of training because that's kind of my thing, helping anyone to position themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, so I contacted these big corporate companies and said, hey, look, you know, uh, I, I just want to ask you some I just want to interview you and understand what is it, what it is you look for in, in, you know, fresh graduates. Or do you actually look for people who aren't graduates? Like, what is it people have to do in order to get the job with you? And I'm not joking, like 50 of these top companies from Apple to Microsoft to um sap to doubt you name it they all responded here's our personal email to the person you need to contact you know and i emailed a bunch of those guys (laughs) and that was like you know people say you can't there's too many gatekeepers now but i got through to the hr directors of some of those biggest companies um so it it just and that was with a tweet so so here's what i love and i've got something really specific to kind of follow that up with so you in order to get your foot in the door with some of the like some executives Mm. um at like four to five hundred big old companies. You yep. said, "I want to, you know, I'm I'm interviewing people like yourself, basically about what it, in essence, what you're looking for, what it takes to to position yourself to get a to get noticed to get a job at your company, right? Is that yeah. kind of the essence? So the fact that you interviewed them, this is so huge, and so few people know it. Um, so interviewing asking to interview somebody else for anything whether it's a podcast like this whether it's a article you want to write whether it's a book people it's flattering people mm-hmm. love it people mm-hmm. will take time out of their day for it and you don't have to be a new york times columnist to do this so backing you up like i've done that i did that in the health space and i interviewed uh 26 of the top health uh thought leaders and uh, from doctors to health practitioners to health, you know, business owners, supplement owners, or whatever people that I wanted to build a a network with, and I simply said, I mean, there was a whole process to this, but I just said, look, I'm uh, you know, I'm putting together this uh, series, etc. Uh, you know, from a book, audio series, I'm going to give it away. That uh, I just want one question, which is, what is your number one? Uh, piece of advice for people to uh, maximize health and wellness. And this was just really simple. Yours was even, I think, more, much more brilliant. But I just asked to interview him, and I think I had an 80% acceptance rate. Yeah. But um, 
one of the keys to letting them know is letting them know that I was interview like that I was approaching and asking other people who are their peers yeah. that oh you know I've, I've reached out to X Y and Z and these people are in etc and they almost all said yeah I'm happy to help it was a quick ten minute interview most importantly as you'll agree I didn't really care as much about the interview as I did the relationship that I got from the interview. Yeah, absolutely, man. Now I've got on my Rolodex, you know, the vice president of IBM, you, you name it. Now I can and reach back out to them. We've absolutely. done something before. Yeah. You're right. And, and you didn't go in asking. Yeah, you <laughs> asked them for something, which is their time and insight. But you didn't ask them, hey, can I get your time so I can pitch you something and get your money? No. You were at. Yeah. So like you said earlier, we're like, we think the same, just with a different accent. <laughs> right? I love, yes. I love that. Because you just, yeah, you just validated something that I've done and continue to do. And by the way, folks listening, one of the reasons I do the podcast is not because I like to hear myself talk. It's be, and it's really not for you guys listening. I hate to be <laughs> the breaker's bad news, but you know, I've got this big audience and they, they, they listen and some of them love me. Some of them might hate me. But um, I do this to build relationships with people like you. And I'll tell you what, there is no better in what I found networking hack than starting a podcast. Absolutely, um, yeah, and I mean it's um, it, like I said, it's it's the funny thing is it, it's not about having to kind of uh, do anything massive, but you know the thing was with that kind of thing we just mentioned there. Actually, when I, the way I posi- positioned it, it was as much for it was way more for them, the yep. corporates, as, than it was for me or even the graduates, because I said, hey, look. If you want some of the best graduates in the world, how about you get me to train them for free? Yep. I was like, I know exactly what you want from those graduates. I'll be your mouthpiece for free. Would that benefit you? You don't have to recruit massive recruitment firms. You don't have to pay them hundreds of thousands per person. You know, just get me to do it for free. And it was like, oh yeah. That so makes you did this. Sense. So you did that. That was in essence your pitch. But yeah. you did that after the, the you interviewed them, or no? I I did that before. Like I I said that beforehand, um, and then what I said I was going to do is create a product um, that would you know cheat you know a low cost product, and I was going to get other people to sponsor the product, and then oh. you know, I was going to go into students and, and give it to universities or grad you know. Okay, and, and so you positioned it as this is what I'm cre- I, I'm training the I, I want to train these people, etc. I want your yeah. help. I want your insight in help in doing this, yeah. and then obviously I can help you and train yeah. people for you. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So yeah. Where, where did that kind of eventually lead to? Maybe it led to a like I could see it leading to. An info product, but did it lead to doing business in one way or another with some of these companies that you reached out to? Um, yeah, actually, it did. Um, I mean, the, the 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 funny thing is the product thing. I've still got the product. Haven't really done much with it, if I'm honest. Because mm-hmm. what actually happened is the 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 relationships led to something even bigger. Okay. So <laughs> the relationships led to coaching opportunities and advisory opportunities because they're like, damn, you're pretty good at this whole connecting thing. How on earth did you do that? And I just broke it down. I was like, see, there's this thing called Twitter. All we've got to do is send a tweet. And they were like, wow, that's um, really simple. I'm like, yeah, it is. You guys overcomplicate it. So did so, you end up coaching uh, some of the people that you had reached out to? No, not the people I'd reached out to, but they would refer me to other people. I probably should have coached some of the people I reached out to because they were doing the social media side. But would They refer you up the ladder to other people yeah, at the company? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's... Yeah, I mean, So once you're talking to a director of HR, then you know, they're on the director kind of level, so they can just sidestep you. Um, and you know, I've ended up coaching you know, senior directors and VPs and 
you name it, in different ways, just in, in how to communicate with one another and how to kind of do partnerships. Because again, like we spoke about, that's uh, for me, and that what we do now in Descent is partnerships is everything. I mean, you look at the biggest brands on the planet. Everyone thinks Richard Branson, everyone goes on about Richard Branson. He's the entrepreneurial poster boy. But Branson didn't make his money from building his own company. He made his money from partnerships. Yeah. Um, you know, if you look at Branson, what he's done, he's got a company of, I don't know exactly how many it is now. Is it 300 companies? So it's, cra- it's crazy. Probably more. But, you know, the point is, all of his pre- his first companies he started were pretty much, you know, weeks away from liquidation sometimes. Yep. The point was that when he sold his company and he had a lot of capital, he then started buying other companies, doing mergers and acquisitions and grouping companies and, and doing partnerships. Now, a lot of big companies still don't do that. Yeah, They still think, you know, we're, we're, we're in this on our own and we don't need to um, look, up, look around at what's happening. We don't need to kind of change our strategy and then, whoops, suddenly they go bust or they, they, they you know, they Instagram turns up and um, hmm. uh, Kodak's gone. Yeah. And that's that's what I was kind of coming in and coaching these leaders on strategy and saying, hey, open your eyes. The world is changing. Facebook might seem like it's for the kids, but this thing is going to take over. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm not on Facebook, Luke. We don't do that. I'm like, you should do that because it will take over. A couple of years later, IPO. You know, mm-hmm. and, and, and these guys then are going, oh, my goodness, thank goodness we listen to you. Because, you know, the problem is, I think, is um, you know for for your guys that are listening here, entrepreneurs, business owners, this is what we are supposed to be doing. You know, we've got to keep our finger on the pulse. We've got to understand that this this world is changing so quickly that we've got to constantly keep investing in ourselves, in knowledge, and and keeping you know keeping our eyes open to what's going on, what are the opportunities, and and as we spoke earlier off air, Brad, the most powerful concept is. Um, is partnerships and you know at the end of the day you know it's said that um our network is linked to our, our net worth you know so or oh yeah or, or yeah our net worth is linked to our network yeah so mm. so i i've mentioned this on a couple other of my shows so my loyal listeners will know but i've got a i've got kind of a uh a, a three and a half question thing exercise that i do whenever i'm building my own business or working with a client and it is 100% designed around this um, this uh, concept of partnering and thinking, okay, I don't have to have all the resources and I don't have to know everything as long as I either know or can find the people who do. And those mm-hmm. questions are, I call them three and a half because the first one, it's a, uh, it's a who, what if, and why not, but it's who else has what I need, but who else needs what I have? Yeah. And, it, and it takes a second. Like there, there's some real thought that goes into this. And usually it's who else, who else needs what I have, which is the, okay, well, what do I have? And you have to think about mm. this. And a lot of people don't really – I mean your Rolodex uh, alone, your contacts is something you have, the contacts yeah. you have. Maybe you have capital. Maybe you have a customer list. Maybe you have a distribution list. Maybe you think of all the things you would like to have or you – know, but what do you bring to the table? But then also who else – you know, has what you need. Well, do you need customers? Do you need distribution? Do you need, uh, do you need creative? Do you need, um, do you need money? Do you need what? There's people out there who have it. And I don't think enough people really take a systematic approach to inventorying what they have, what they need. And then the next phrase is what if, and this is an open-ended question. I go into what if, um, 
what if we partnered? What if we did this? And I just kind of think of scenarios. Like, what would be a, a dream scenario? And I, and I just kind of whittle it down and get it to where it actually um, – I, I come up with something. And more often than not, I come up with a, a really kind of cool idea. And the last question is, why not? Is there any reason why this might not work? And if the answer is no, I reach out and, and try to make something happen. And, man, i got to tell you, exactly like you're saying, you can make magic happen when you do that. Yep. So absolutely. Okay, so we've talked a lot about you know connecting at those high, you know at those higher levels. Do you do some uh, another couple questions on that? So when you are connecting at you know at anything from small, medium-sized businesses to really large ones and really really connected players, do you? Is there a, a typical agenda that you bring like, okay, I want to connect with this person because I, I know that I can make this opportunity or are you just kind of building these connections in the hopes that the opportunity will kind of come up when you, you know, through the connection? Does that well, make sense? That, yeah, absolutely. There's a, two, two things for this. Obviously, and here's being honest here and here's what I've learned over the years. I used to connect with anyone and everyone. Yeah. And that's good because you get variety and it's, it's nice. Um, you know, especially if you get lots of different Christmas cards and whatnot. But yeah. in in business terms, it for me personally, it needs relevance needs to be key. So is it relevant? You know, is there any synergy? Is there any? Do they need what I sell or have or what I can do or do I know someone that they need? And like you just said, so um, what I do now is I've got like I mean some days no no word of a lie I can check my LinkedIn and I've got five hundred invites yeah. you know in in a couple of days or a week. And so what I'll do is I'll go through them, and I, and I don't use any bots or auto things. All I do is I just do it myself. So I'm literally getting really good at clicking delete, 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 delete. Mm-hmm. Um, so if I don't know these people and I don't see any relevance, boom, they're gone. They've got to jump out at me. And um, so what I do is if I think, okay, that looks cool, that looks good, I could do something with that, I could help them, or, or maybe I know someone who can help them, or something like that, I'll add them, and I just have a, a pre-kind of a template email but. And here's the butt, Brad, because we spoke about this before. Mm-hmm. I, I really tailor it to their needs. So what I say is, hey, thanks for, um, for adding me. Um, just here's some a quick info about me. I mean, they should have read my LinkedIn profile already, but mm-hmm. a lot of people don't, I can tell you that much. Um, so then it will say, um, so, you know, um, you know, I'm the managing director at the Census Group, and we help to uh, scale, um, achieve more liquidity, um, raise capital, or achieve a lucrative exit strategy for small to medium-sized businesses you know we're, we we um, are located in the uk europe the usa canada and we have partners all over the world um i'd love to hear more about what you do uh, if there's anything you think that the census can do for you be more than happy to jump on a call and help you out luke that's it uh, and so in that doing that what i can tell you i mean you'll know this brad but maybe other people are going okay so what's in that What's in that is it's, look, you contacted me for a start. So, you know, I, I'm going to respond to you. And I think I've been given almost, they've given me permission to do so because they, they're reaching out to me. So I've accepted your request. I'm going to just give you a brief overview of me and what I do so that you know. So and all businesses, by the way, they're only looking for three things, really. They're only looking to grow and scale. They're only looking to get um, raise capital or to exit. I mean, that's it. Um, so, you know, that's basically what I do. So I know that I can, if they're a small to medium sized business and they're looking to, to do one of those three things and it's very relevant for them right now in those areas, then boom, they're going to be interested already and they're going to know exactly what I do. Then I say, look, we're global by saying we're based in these locations. Then I say, Hey, 
I genuinely would like to know more about what you do. I've read your profile, but tell me more specifically about what you do. And if you think that we can help, happy to get on a call and discuss this further. Uh, and by doing that, I think, I, you know, if there's someone who doesn't fit that bill, I mean, usually I won't even connect with them. Yeah. But, you know, I'm kind of um, giving them permission then. And I'm telling you, Brad, we uh, right now I've got about 12 different deals that we've got on the table and I can pick and choose which one we want to do. Beautiful. Um, and, and it's because we, we positioned it very, very well. I mean, yeah, we could do it more intricate than that and more eloquent or whatever. But to be quite frank, I think what I look for is, so when I'm going into a business, I think, can I realistically, can we scale that business? Does that business or could that business potentially need to raise capital? Or would that business be good to sell? Now, if it's a business that, say, uh, around $5 million at the at the lowest end, $5 million at the highest end could be, well, it could be, I'm mean, no word of the lie, it could be up to $500 million, I don't mind. Yeah. We know people who can, we know who we can exit that to. We do know people we can do that with um, through, our, through our contacts. So if we think we could exit it, great, then we'll, we'll you know, hone in on that. If we think that they may need to raise capital, then we'll, we'll look at that. So really it just comes down to if they're in that kind of small to medium uh, bracket, you know, I'll look to connect with them, and um, you know, I, again, like I said, I'm not opposed to connecting with people if they don't fit the bill, but I'm really more selective now about who I do, um, you know, branch up with. Right. Yeah. So that's that's a really good uh, segue into some of these bigger deals and the dissent stuff and the, the equity, because that's uh, unless unless you have a, a lot more you want to really add about the, the connecting <clears throat> and the building of relationships, but I think it's perfect because it. The next step is the better your connections, the better the opportunities, and the better the bigger the games that you can get in. And I know for a fact, uh, you know, you're in some pretty big games right now. You're in some pretty big, uh, <laughs> you know, deals that you know yeah. we're not going to go into. But uh, just you know, I want to kind of find out about now the Decentis. So you've got great connections. Decentis does amazing work, you know, whether yeah. it's raising capital or helping to uh, increase valuation and helping to take people towards a, maybe a roll up, maybe an exit and mm-hmm. um, and whatnot. So you do some equity deals, you do some cash deals. Let me ask yeah. you about the equity deals. So okay. let me say, let's say I've got a, um, let's say I've got a $5 million a year company. Yeah. Right? Doing 5 million, doing, you know, whatever. Maybe it's a, I don't know if, you, if there are certain types of businesses you like to work with, product, e-commerce, service, et cetera, more than others. But um, one of the issues for consultants doing equity deals is it sounds really sexy, but in practice it can be really hard unless you've got the ability and skill set to make an exit because equity doesn't mean crap if there's no real payouts, et cetera. Like, and if you have a minority equity, you might never really get paid. And I've seen some consultants, um, I can say that I've done this in the past where I thought I was get, doing a great deal doing an equity deal, but then I didn't see any cash from it. And yeah. they didn't have the ability, I didn't have the ability at the time years ago to know about the, you know, you really make the deal on the exit when you have equity. But there's also the profit sharing deal. So when you go in, question number one, do you typically, is it a is it a true equity deal? Is it a really a profit sharing? Like, okay, you're gonna give me 10% of the upside of this or et cetera, or is it a combination? It's a combination. Okay. Um, I mean, we wouldn't really wanna do just equity unless we knew that they were gonna exit pretty quickly. Yep. 
Um, or if or, it's publicly traded. <laughs> exactly. I don't mind if it's doing that. And we are looking at, we are involved in some of those as well. Um, but yeah, so one we're working on right now, 20% equity. Um, and by the way, this is just for advisory board role. Mm-hmm. So we're not, not even for like, um, you know, we're not really getting involved that much. What we'll do for that is we'll do a lot of um, introductions, so opening doors to some big players. I mean, you name it. We mm-hmm. could open doors to, um, well, to Apple, to, to Coca-Cola, you, if it, on that sort of scale or other small to medium-sized businesses if we wanted to. And that's glo- um, so obviously globally. So it's not yeah. – I mean, you're based over there in England, but you, you, you've got – I'm based in England. Every- My partner's based in the U.S. So, yeah, we so you, have- you've got it kind of covered. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we have other partners all around the world in Asia, Australia, you know. Um, so, yeah, we would um, say take the 20%, and that's only because um, we, we knew with this particular person they wouldn't want to go higher. Um, we have offered, um, we have sort of uh, discussed another deal for 30% equity, and um, then we would look at um, 10% revenue share. Okay. Um, so on certain deals that we would bring in, um, and by the way, we're getting like even already before we even you know signed this deal, we've got other deals coming in who want who fit the bill perfectly to integrate into this deal. Has so, it been has it been challenging to and it may depend upon the positioning that you had going into it, but has it been challenging to get some of these business owners to agree to an equity position? Because as a business owner, that's giving up equity is that's like giving up uh, part ownership of your child. Yeah. Um, yes and no. I mean, it depends again how you position it. Um, so yes, there is always a bit of resistance. I, I mean, if someone's not resistant at all, then there's something <laughs> yeah. right there. They haven't got something to be that worried about losing True. or um, giving away. So that's you know we want to see some kind of fight, but then that just ups the ante for us to kind of stack our value even more, which yep. we do very well. So we'll say, listen, yeah, you can have the whole hundred percent of your pie, or we can give you a very very big pie. And yeah. you can still keep eighty percent of it, and we'll just take twenty. Yeah. Yep. Doesn't that sound like a better deal? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll do that. We'll say, look, hey, if you can meet um, these companies like X, Y, and Z on your own, great, go and do it. Um, but if you know you can't, and you know you probably won't be able to, and you may never be able to, then you should probably take this deal because we really, we really have your interest. You, you know, um, your interest first in this. Otherwise, we would be asking for a lot more. Okay. Um, and I'll be honest with you, there was another deal recently, and um, we asked for 50% revenue. Um, and they took it. <laughs> wow. Because they, they, we said, look, it's just not as attractive as it could be. And we said, we, can, we know he can help you, but we just don't see that your heart's in it as much. And really, you think that we're going to carry you, and that's not how we, we, we roll. You know, we, we will work hard for you, but you've got to put in the other side of the work. You know, you've got to reinvest into that company and whatnot. Uh, and they weren't interested. They wanted to just um, get an easy ride. We said, okay, well, you can have an easy ride, but we're going to take 50% of that. So um, are you, no, you took 50% of the... Uh, the, the revenue share. Oh, okay. So on, on new deals that we help them bring in. Nice. <clears throat> because for us, it's literally just opening the door. So um, that's that's the next question. So there, Because there's so many things you can do to grow a business, right? Yeah. And you know, one of them is the strategic alliances. Other Others are more... You know, ad- marketing advice services like, oh, let me help you improve your, you know, improve your offer. And yeah. uh, if you have a website, right, let me, let's improve your sales funnels or your copy, or et cetera, et cetera. Mm. But do you guys primarily focus on opening those high leverage uh, relationships and, and introductions? Or do you go in a- as well, get your hands dirty with, um, 
like all types of marketing advice, services, etc. Um, yeah, I mean, look, uh, when we when I say scale, and I don't mean what can you do. I mean, what do you typically? Yeah, um, so both it depends on what the business needs. Okay. Um, so obviously, under scale, I mean, heck. Put it this way, we can come in and, and do everything from how you structure the organization to grow bigger and so that it doesn't fall apart when you do. You know, we can help you to kind of work on your hiring, your teams, um, your, your strategy, um, your business plan. So when, because if you want to raise capital, first thing we need to look at is your business plan because we're not going to go to anybody on anyone's behalf unless their business plan all adds up and is realistic and actually proves that they know what they're doing. Um, you know, and I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter how much money you've made, it, still people can't do a decent business plan. Um, and they can't, you know, put their projections right and all sorts of things, you know, don't add up. So we'll go and do that to, you know, looking at their own leadership, helping them, you know, because obviously that's my, um, that's my background, you know, uh, as an advisor, sort of helping people on their psychology, their communication, really understanding what's limiting them from moving forward. Because, you know, obviously, when you look at a company, you, you know, it's the same as the captain of the ship. If, if it's not going in the right direction, well, look at the leader. Um, and so we'll do that as well, all the way to, um, uh, you know, again, if it's, if it's literally you need more clients, then we'll look at your, your marketing strategy. We're not going to go as deep. We've got friends we can call in for that if we need. Um, and, when, you know, sometimes we will. Um, but, yeah, literally it will be looking at, Okay, well, if you were to have those connections over there, what would that do for your business? Mm-hmm. Well, that would, that would, oh my goodness, that could be a huge contract because they need exactly what we have. Great. Well, let's have a few phone calls. We'll have a few dinners. We'll see what we can do. Or, you know, what would happen if you could do a massive joint venture with that company over there? Well, we know them. So let us see if we can set it up for you because if you go, they're going to just close the door on you. But if we go, they owe us a favor anyway. So it's likely they'll probably do it. Um, and, and by the way, for us to do those sort of things, we have to know 100% that the company we're going to be doing it for can deliver. <laughs> because yeah. that's, our, that's our reputation. I mean, so my business partner is a member of Young, the Young President's organization. Yep, familiar. Um, so he can, you know, it's literally, I don't know exactly know how many members there are in that thing, but, you know, it's every major president or C-level executive in the world. Yeah, it's a big so, deal. Yeah, so, I mean, that's how we can do it. We'll just, you know, make a phone call in that. I mean, he's ex-Harvard. Um, you know, uh, for me, I'm, you know, I've have some very influential friends in the UK here. I mean, we'll be um, hopefully going for uh, a dinner in near November time with um, a, a guy who is a C, um, what is it, a CBE, uh, so that, you know, knighted by the Queen. Um, he's a Lord, and so you know, when you know people who are in the House of Commons or Parliament or you know, in high up in government, and they. They can open doors that way. I mean, it, it really does come down to who is it that you have in your network? Mm-hmm. How close are you to those people? Um, I guess at the end of the day, what what have you done in order for them to want to open the doors for you? And um, yeah, I guess what's in it for them too? So that's the way we always look at it. We always look at it in, in case of uh, does everything add up? We don't want it to be one-sided. So we, we really, before we even work with a company, we're really looking at how valuable is this thing? I mean, right now, Brad, I wish I could tell you some of the things we're involved in. It's freaking ridiculous. Yeah. Um, technologies that you wouldn't believe, like artificial intelligence things that you'd think, oh, my goodness, that's something out of like, you know, some movie. But it's really happening. And, and so we're on the brink of being on advisory boards for some of these guys. And, um, you know, they really, what they really need right now is not money. People are throwing money at them. What they need is the right doors to be open. 
And so that's what we'll say. We'll say, listen, um, don't worry about, we don't want any money to be on your board. Give us 6% equity in this startup, um, which is very, very high, by the way. You, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. But we'll, we'll, that's, that's for both of us. That's a split. So 3% each. But we're saying we're not going to do your typical advisory role. We're not just going to sit there and hand you advice. We're going to go out there and you know we'll fly over to such and such. And yeah, you're giving us ownership. We're, we're t- yeah. we'll, we will take ownership. We will treat it like it's ours. Yeah, and we'll, we'll go and get the deal that you're looking for <laughs> with, with someone like Universal Studios if you want it. And um, so that's, uh, that's what we'll do. It depends on what they need. I mean, um, you know, if it's less hands-off and they just need some, some advice and need to bounce ideas, cool, we'll do that. We'll take less ownership or less equity, whatever. If it's more, I mean, raising capital, then we're going to take a success fee when we do that for someone. Um, you know, the same if, it's, if we're going to exit a company. But in essence... The big challenge that most people have in these situations, they've done an amazing job to build their own company to the to the stage it's at. They just don't know some of these things. I mean, unless someone's already sold their company, they're not really going to know how to do it. Yeah. Um, so, and they're, they're going to get screwed if they try on their own. So when it comes to working with some of the... Um, when it comes to working with some of these you know, companies, how much time... Are you really, you know, really having to spend on on some of them? Because I mean, obviously, the bigger the deal is, the and the the bigger the stakes, the more important it is. And you, you know, not working with hundreds and hundreds of companies at the same time. Obviously, I mean, you only, only got so many hours in the day. But yeah. I've noticed that in my own consulting is one of the challenges I've had is in fulfillment of not that I can't fulfill, but I, it just gets to be ridiculous like you you get to a point where you can't scale your you know because what you're selling you're selling you and your partner's expertise yeah. time rolodex yeah. etc it's not like a service that you're just churning out you can outsource and hire mm. away mm. so realistically um how much how much time is this really taking is it is it a is it a full time thing with each company or do you sometimes make the just the right connection and it gets easy um, good question. I mean, it's different different strokes for different folks is the answer to that mm-hmm. one. Um, I mean, look, um, for those who are not familiar with the whole uh, startup scene, advisory boards, um, non-executive directors, roles, I mean, it, it can be different for different things. But essentially, let's say they're a startup. It's going to be a bigger push to begin with. And once they level out, once they get some traction, it could be a couple of hours a month. Okay. You know, really. I mean, it's uh, Luke. Look over this thing we've just done, or we're going to do a press release. What do you think? Looks great. Go and do it. Cool. That's it. And then, do you, know? you do you guys do much of the like? If it's a press release, if it's any certain other strategies, are you doing that for them, or are you working with their team to kind of get it done? Um, we, yeah. Again, we might we might just say send it to us. Let's have a look. It looks good. Bang. Straight back to you. Do it. Yep. We might get on the call with them and say, yeah, look, here's how you would stack the value on that. Here's how you'd position it. Here's how you'd put your buyer, whatever. Um, you know, we might work with some of their team on it. But we're essentially, we're, we're, what we do is we really, we, we move fast. So we're going to try and, if, you've, if we've got 45 minutes to do this, we're going to get it done. You know, mm-hmm. We're not going to monkey around. We're not going to sort of chit-chat. We're going to get this thing done and get it out the door quick. And that's the thing with all of these guys. I mean... Uh, again, I can't really say too much, but no, yeah. we're um, there's a really cool business we're involved in, and they, I mean, let's just say this: there's a couple of major brands that we all spend time on every single day. <laughs> they are set to disrupt this industry big time. Wow! But 
here's the thing if they don't move quickly like all of these guys their technology could be someone else could come up with their idea oh yeah oh, or they steal will. their idea they will yeah i mean it's you know? it's such a the, the game of business right now is so fast-paced yeah yeah so we'll say look man you need to freaking get this done quick and this is going to take some some of our time okay but we want more then if you want us to put some energy behind this you've got to you got to put your money where your mouth is um, and that's what we'll say. I mean, and that's how we do things. We just evaluate based on what we think we're going to need to put into it mm-hmm. versus, um, you know, how much, I guess, um, how much the company is going to be worth, how much value is going to be involved in it. I mean, for a company that could be worth $100 million, we'll probably put in more time for a company that's only going to be worth five, you know? Yep. But we'll, we'll kind of, and again, it's different for a startup as it is to an established small to medium-sized enterprise. So it, it really does depend on, on where they're at, what they need. For some people, look, I'll be honest with you, I, I told you off air about someone pretty well-known that we're going to be on a board with. Now, I know for a fact the only reason he's on the board is because PR. You know, people will put someone on a board because it, it looks good for them. You know, they know full well that person's not going to be in the trenches with them. Yeah. Um, that's just going to give them extra kudos. And, and so, for instance, we might be the guys who actually do the extra work for them um, you know, because that's what we do. We do get involved. Um, but effectively, yeah, we're looking. And for anyone who's listening, the play on doing this this kind of business this way, we can do. We also, by the way, if, if people are listening and you are at a certain level, if you are at the one million, you know, plus, and you're looking for um, consulting, then we, you know, we can look at doing consulting with companies, and we would do that on a, a fee basis. But why we do equity in other companies is because we see the the long term value. Yeah. If that company is going to get sold, which they all, you know, especially in the startup industry, they're all looking to sell very, you know, reasonably. They're looking like five, ten years and they're getting out of the game, you know, hopefully with a hundred million in the bank or more. Um, if they're going to go an IPO, then, you know, we want to be involved in that um, story. So we're happy to kind of stick around and, and take equity and not see any money because it's um, it's a bigger play than just a fee at the end of the day. It's, much, it's far more lucrative and more intelligent to be involved at that level and to, to stick around and to put in the hard work at front. Because imagine this, you, imagine you do help them get a lot of traction and then they say, hey, look, we don't really need to sp- speak to you for a couple of months. And now you've got an equity share in a, in a company that's going to be worth hundreds of millions. I mean, let, let that sink in for a moment. That's mm-hmm. the value. That's the difference between doing fee work and spotting the right company at the right time and getting in early. Exactly. I mean, but that does take a bit of skill as well because we no one, to be honest, when it's a startup, no one really knows. Everyone likes to say that, you know, or there's all these people out there, you know, investors and their commentators, but let's look at their whole portfolio and let's see how many of their companies that they've put real money into actually takes off and flies. It's not, not always the case. So That's a great point. So, uh, yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of our strategy, really. Cool. So, you know, what's a, what's a nut you're trying to crack Right now, in your uh, whether it's in your business or anything else, whether you're looking for, um, you know, are you looking for certain types of relationships that either myself or some of my listeners might have? Are you are you looking to? Um, I mean, obviously, getting the word out, um, ex- you know, explaining what you can do, so you know, it's you know, attracting the right people. But is there anything right now that you're just trying to crack that nut and figure out? Hmm, I need either a skill, a resource, a person, a relationship for this um wow just one huh uh, well, there could be there could be multiple nuts yeah <laughs> there's yeah there's multiple nuts um but you know one thing uh, two things i'll say you know we we're really interested by 
companies that have real promise and that that are going places and we and we you know basically our business model is to partner with the right people and to help them accelerate their growth exponentially without um, them having to go and do all that hard work it, look at it this way it's almost like uh, running a marathon and um, you know we like to help people just run the last 10 yards and get the medal at the end of the day because we, we're going to help you to accelerate that quickly so we're interested in meeting more types of people like that who've got that kind of business potential yeah um, and how and you know because it's a we're we're all about those win-wins we're not in it to kind of just do it for ourselves we really think you know the reason that we are able to have the success that we do is because we we're all about saying hey it's leverage let's leverage other people's um uh, visions and dreams uh and and the other thing we're kind of looking to do another venture in business is uh, you, you alluded to it earlier and it's on our website we we've We've got a partnership with some other guys who do something similar, but but different and very cool. And we we're looking to do what's known as um, roll-ups. So yep. it's basically grouping different types of companies, um, and they can and typically they would be in the same industry, different niche, slightly different niche. Yeah. Um, so do you have so, any do you, do you have any uh, different specific types of industries that you're particularly looking at? Uh, high growth. Really, and it doesn't really matter too much. We're not we're not trying to be the experts in this. What we do is this. Well, when I we, when I say high, well, you say high growth, but I mean like, are you looking at you know tech, brick and mortar, um, anything in particular? Is there any that you're working on currently? That yes, uh, there's. We're doing at the moment recruitment because in the UK at least, I can't speak for. Um, I assume it's the same around the rest of the world, but mm-hmm. in the UK, recruitment's just on fire. Everyone's you know it's the hot thing. It's big big money because. You know, companies, they want basically to have people recruit top talent for them. So what we're looking to do is do, um, yeah, recruitment uh, roll-up. So group in recruitment, smaller recruitment agencies. Uh-huh. And then we basically, we can, you know, basically double their value overnight by taking them public. Um, so we're looking to do those kinds of groupings. But that's just one example. There can be different industries. As long as they're high growth, it can't be an industry that is kind of just plateaus and it's cottage. You know, we're not looking for things that it's a nice idea. It's nice. Yeah, you're a solopreneur, whatever. You know, that's not what we're looking at. We're looking at things that can scale. Mm-hmm. If it can scale, but it's early on and, and they, they know that at the moment, you know, they're struggling maybe to get the, the capital they need to grow or, or they, yeah, they, they, they just don't want to be stuck in this thing for another 10 years before they can actually enjoy it because that's what happens. You know you know this, I know this. Everyone just works their ass off and then suddenly they wake up one day and they're older and they've uh, spent their whole life building this thing and now they can get a Ferrari good. Yeah. But you didn't live well, you, well, you didn't do it whilst you were in your prime, you, you know what I mean? And, and we want to kind of say to people, hey, what if you can shortcut that by, I mean, one, you group a company, here's what happens. Um, suddenly you've got a larger profile overnight. Second, um, you know, people, bigger companies that you want to do deals with will come to you because you've got security, you've got backup. It's not just you anymore. It's these other people involved and, and you can, you know, partner with each other underneath that group. You can do joint ventures and, and strategic alliances. Uh, the third thing is, well, you'll double the, the value of your company overnight in shares when we take you public. So, it, do you know what I mean? It's suddenly like this amazing concept, and and I can't take credit for this concept. It's not, and neither can the people we partner with because it's not not new. No. It's just different the way they're doing it, and they they were the ones who kind of came up with it, and they're doing it right now. And we've just gone, hey, we love what you're doing. We've got extra skill that you don't. Let's let's do something together. So, so give my give my uh, listeners uh, a short example of what a roll up would look like. Let's say um, 
Brad Costanzo owns a recruiting company. Let's say I do high tech recruiting, you know, for high tech individuals or whatever, um, so, software engineers, etc. That's yeah. my company. Um, I'm yeah. grossing. Let's just say I'm, you know, maybe this is the right number. We're grossing about five million a year. I don't know if that's a good number, low, high, but it's okay. Yeah, just use that as an example. Okay, so yeah. explain to my listeners what uh, a roll up would look like in that situation. Well, essentially, it's finding um, other smaller, you know, companies like that size or smaller. Smaller, uh-huh. it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. But yeah. you know, we, you don't want to go too high because then it gets more complicated. True. Essentially, the idea is um, you don't really, you don't want competing, so you want non-compete because obviously, under one name like recruitment or construction, there's different types of you want complementary you know, companies. Yeah, absolutely. So you say, look, hey, you're, you're looking for people really that are open-minded. They've got to understand that there's um, there's super value in in grouping. They've got to understand that at the end of the day, you're going to slog your guts out all your life, or do you want to accelerate everything you're doing in a very unique way? And here's what we do: you retain like most of your um, autonomy. We're not trying to run your business. We don't care about you being the boss. You're the boss. Be the boss. What we're doing is we we make value from helping to kind of structure the deal. Um, and you get, you know, what you can do when you go public, you can take shares off the table, which is cash. Uh, and then you can, you know, you can do what you want with that cash without selling your company. Cha-ching. So what you're, it's just a very clever way of leveraging money that some um, people value your company at. Right. And, um, and then, and then kind of drilling down a little more even specifically there. So I'm the, <clears throat> we're going to take my company public and yeah. people don't realize that yeah, you can take, Almost any type of company, public, um, yeah. there, you know, it's sometimes it's harder, sometimes it's, you know, handful of steps involved. But so is uh, and, and spe- there's different ways to do this. But with yours, are you talking about? So I am. This is m- me, the you know, being the CEO, taking this public, and then and then purchasing some of these companies under where I am the flagship. There, I'm buying them. Or are you talking about? Look, we're going to take this public with a handful of other companies. We're going to do all this, and I'm just one of the other ones that's benefiting from a, a roll-up. Or is it I'm going to help this client basically go acquire and get vertically integrated, or or, or whatever, just acquire other companies in its space to where it, it, I'm still the lead? Is it a little bit of both? Is it? It's a bit of both. But okay. what we're talking, the easiest way to do it is to say, look, me. Like, let's talk me, Luke, DeSensis. We're the vehicle, so we we, we um, create the group. Okay. We bring the members, all these separate people, into the group, separate companies. Okay. And then, as a company owner, business owner, being under this group, suddenly you obviously have all the added benefits of the group, and you can increase the value of your company. We just operate the group. We take it to the IPO because let let anybody try and do that on their own, unless they're if they're under, I don't know, say, um, you know, fifty million, it's going to be pretty hard. Okay, so when you do the uh, take it to the IPO, is it you're yeah. taking my company to the IPO, or you're taking all of me them, the group? The okay, group. That's, so the, uh, that's when what you I'm come saying. The, when you come under the group, then you you you're valued the value. It's the combined value of all the companies. So who becomes the de facto CEO then? Well, we would operate the the group, but everybody underneath the banner is still operating their own company. Okay. So we say that do whatever you do normally, do you know as you do normally. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the the combined benefit is that you know obviously the companies are now worth a whole of, a hell of a lot more than they were when you were just solo. Right. So there's uh, and let's say there's four companies 
This yeah. probably depends. Let's just keep it really simple. Let's yeah, say yeah, we're yeah. all doing five. Let's say all of our financials look approximately the same. Yeah. So is this okay? Well, I own one hundred percent of my company now, but with this roll up, I'm getting, you know, twenty percent of the group, or, uh, uh, of the of the of the <laughs> of the IPO'd company, or what? What does that generally look like in financial terms? Well, I won't go into the specifics so much, but um, we would get a percentage for setting up the deal, right. and we get a percentage of each of the companies. Okay. Um, that, as an our group company starts to have an equity stake in all of those companies and their mm-hmm. value on the on the market, mm-hmm. and um, you know uh, the company, the individual companies themselves, basically they increase in their own value in share value. So. Um, it, it, it basically, although the the market values the whole group in terms of all of the valuations, so if they're all five million um, and there's four, then it's going to be you know your twenty million. Okay. Uh, but then obviously, so that would you know take that value up significantly. But then, um, as your company, you would still have um, uh, you'd still have you know your original kind of value plus whatever the market you know increased it to. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So that's how they would do it. I mean, it's. It can be very complicated if you want it to, but I try to make everything simple, man. I'm not interested in. I'm not. You know, it took me a while to get it. So don't get me wrong. If people are listening, I don't get it, buddy. It's like cool. I didn't either. But uh, the point is, look at any company that goes public. Now tell me who's worth more, private or public? It's always public. Always. Exactly. Um, And that's why all these big tech companies. That's what they dream for. That's what they. That's they all do it. They're in Silicon Valley, going. You know, ten years from now, we're going to be billionaires. That's what they all want. Um, you know, and that's what happens when you've got a certain um, a certain structure and leverage. And you, and well, that's typical with tech companies, especially because obviously tech companies can be a billion dollar company very quickly. Yeah. If it's if it's if it's that type of company, if it is an Instagram or a Facebook or an Uber or whatever. But if you're a normal SME, small to medium sized enterprise, it's very unlikely you're going to grow like that. So we're offering an opportunity that you know most business owners will never have in a lifetime, and they don't have to do any more work or have any higher overheads to do it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's so it's brilliant, it's genius. And when I heard this, and I heard our partners talk about this, I was like, freaking heck, that is brilliant. And like I said, I didn't fully get it, but I got it enough to say, let's be involved. How do we get involved? So. That's one thing we're looking to do. It's not easy. Um, it's it's a process. We're still working on it. And again, it goes all the way back to relationships. I've got a, a relationship I'm cultivating in, in the recruitment industry and in various other industries, and we're trying to leverage those. And, and because, look, we can go out and do all the work ourselves and bring in people to a group, or we can have someone who is a trusted advisor or a trusted authority to them already, and they can do it, and we they become a partner with us. Right. So we're always looking at how we can partner. That's how we do everything. I love it. I love it. That's it's pow- it's powerful, it's proven, it's fun. There's nothing more fun than getting into a really good and powerful partnership. Man, Luke, this has been awesome. I uh, I am um I've had a lot of fun as I said in the very beginning. I didn't know where this was going to go. <laughs> For sure. But I mean, you and I are in a lot of ways cut from the same cloth and um and I, you know, hopefully, I, you know, maybe there's some business we can do in the future, whether it's someone with my connections or yours and stuff. I mean, it seems like both of us are, you know, really able to spot opportunities and love being in different, you know, d- different opportunities. Like that, we we like the variety of the game, and 
and and keeping it fresh with new relationships, new new ventures, new opportunities, and things like that. So I always like keeping in contact with folks like yourself. If um, if people want more information from you and they want to you know go deeper down this rabbit hole, how do they get a hold of you or find more information? What you know what websites or <clears throat> information do you want to give them? Okay, so if people want to personally get hold of me, Luke Havard, then you can find me on Facebook. Pretty easy to find on there. You can find me on Twitter um, at just Luke Havard, all lowercase. Um, you can find me on YouTube. I also have some videos out there. I did a, long, a lot of videos in the past, and I've just left them up there. Um, LinkedIn, if, you, if, you, if you're interested and you've been listening, you're like, you know what, I would love to have some some coaching or insight from Luke in terms of how you, you know, just the way that I think and how we do business and how we leverage stuff, then, you know, reach out to me on LinkedIn, Luke Havard again. Um, if you're a bigger business and you're looking at, you know, you're interested in exits or or um, or raising capital or whatever it is you're interested in discussing, we're happy to have conversations. Just um, go on to the Dissensus Group uh, website, which is basically group dot com um and i'm sure you'll have in the show notes brad you know our, our details so yep. um yeah so if people are interested just reach out to me and you know let's let's talk you know what we we always say look uh, we don't we don't mind having conversations no matter where they go at the end of the day if, if there's some value that we can add to people we can just advise them on you know what not to do or what to do we're happy to kind of chat perfect well, Luke, I appreciate you being on the call today, and I hope maybe my listeners got a as much value out of this as I did. Uh, a lot of fun, a lot of you know actionable advice and value. I mean, the um, the, uh, the the topics were broad and many, but uh, <laughs> but I loved it, and I will absolutely be keeping in contact with you. And guys, if you have any questions, if you have any insights, if you have any things you're working on right now, and you might want my eyeballs on. Send me an email to askbrad at baconwrapbusiness.com. If you're not subscribing to the show on iTunes or Stitcher, do that. Hit the subscribe button. Listen to more podcasts if you're not already. And, hey, tell your friends about me. Post this stuff on social media. It's the way that I grow. You know, I don't, I don't ask for money for the show. I do this because I truly love it. I like putting this out there, and I like having the opportunity to talk to people like Luke and you know, expand my own personal relationship. If you have um, any questions, ask Brad, baconwrapbusiness.com. And until next time, Luke, thanks a lot for your time, and we will talk really soon, buddy. Hey, thanks, man. It's been a privilege. Absolutely. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Bye-bye.